You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome to another edition of Flying Solo. I'm your host Mike Golick. My wife is here, Chris Golick, as well. At and we're back. We are back. At ND Mom is her handle. A couple of things before we get going. My handle is at ESPN Golick. That's going to change soon, obviously, since I'm no longer with ESPN. Uh, I'm just going through the process now of finding one that is available. Right. Uh, out of a out of a few possibilities there. Yeah, we're finding the ones available, and that'll have a new uh, Twitter handle and, and Instagram handle out there. Uh, so that I know it's a question some people have been asking. Another, and I'll just might as well answer it right now before we get to your questions, is what's going on? Am I signing with somebody now, now that I'm a free agent? I would probably say, because I, I just saw a couple of tweets that saying, I'm hoping to see you sign with Fox or NBC or CBS you know, before the playoffs. That's not going to happen. Um, things will, things will happen, will most likely happen after the Super Bowl. So I may do some stuff here or there. Um, you know, podcasts and other things, but you have a few things in the works. Yes, I, I have some things that I'll be doing before the Super Bowl. But as far as my next stop, I would probably say it'll be after the Super Bowl because everything is set now with all the networks, and I completely understand that. So, uh, as I said, you'll, you'll still see me in things before that. But as far as going somewhere, a couple of different places would be uh, after, probably after the Super Bowl. So that being said, a lot to talk about here. Uh, let's first start with some questions that we got from everybody out there. Well, first I thought uh, on our fa- last episode of our family podcast that we did around Christmas time, um, we told the story about you cleaning out your office and coming across a poster right. that had been in your office that somebody sent to you along with $3. Um a fellow named Bob Lyons had sent it in 2009. 2009, 11 years ago, and the $3 was for postage. To, to send back, it was a Notre Dame poster that was he a, wanted him to autograph. Yeah, it was a captain's poster, 100 years of captains, and he wanted me to sign it and send it back using the $3. That's right. And it I, sat in his office for 11 years. 11 years. years. <laughs> I can tell you what his office looked yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we were able to track Bob Lyons down. <laughs> And we sent him the poster, and we haven't heard that he got it, but I'm assuming he did. Yeah, we were actually doing a Christmas special with the family, a Sorry in Advance podcast. And while it was going on, Jenny, our daughter-in-law, was actually doing the detective work. And before while our podcast yeah, was going on, his son Bobby replied, so we got the address, and I signed it, and we sent it out. So He was probably uh, a teenager or a kid then, and now is an adult. Yeah. That's how long you've had the 11 poster. years. Yeah. It was, oh my God. I mean, what a... What a horrible mistake by me, but you know what? Kind of a kind of a, a good ending a, a for the whole story, thing, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. It worked out, worked out well. Yep. Uh, one of the questions somebody had, and I thought it was timely because we are getting ready to start it. They asked if we watched have watched Ted Lasso yet. We have heard nothing but great things about and that. And we're going to start tonight. We're, we're going to start tonight at the taping of this. Right. Uh, it's before before the weekend. 
Um, we had just finished Shit's Creek. Right. Which we loved. We would absolutely recommend. Now, normally I am the Netflix, HBO Max, Showtime, Amazon Prime guy. Like right now I'm Basically finishing. Basically everything you yeah, need. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the middle of the last season of Vikings. Uh, and I will give no spoilers. I mean, what a phenomenal series it is. You would hate. But normally I watch all this stuff and you don't. Right. But now all of a sudden I started some, but you said you want to watch them. So I stopped. Well, everybody's so, raved about Ted Lasso. Ted Mike, Lasso. Mikey goes on and on and Nuts on about it. But, I mean, I stopped two other ones. Queen's Gambit. Right. Because you want to see it. And what was the other one? Un-something. Un- yeah. Uh, it was with Nicole Kidman. Kidman. Right. Uh, right. And I forgot who the, the, the guy star was. But I stopped in the first one there because... I said I might want to watch it. You might want to watch it. Yeah. So you got a couple and we of... And we have the crown still We have the crown watch. still to watch. But we're doing Ted Lasso next. Because we heard, we it's love the dude. It's one season. He said it's quick. Like he watched yeah. it all in one afternoon. And it's uh, um, the guy. It's it's uh, uh, Jason, Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis, is it? That's yeah. He was the one from We're the Millers. Right. Which won you over. If that is on TV, I will stop. And I still laugh as hard as I've ever laughed about things on certain parts of it. It is j- just such a good show. But yeah, Ted Lasso, so we're going to give that one a go. We also started The Bachelor this week, a new season. Whatever. Of the you started The Bachelor, I get roped into it. But okay? it's a little more interesting in the fact that The Bachelor was a quarterback at Wake Forest. Was, it was a quarterback, I think he was a wide receiver. Oh, he was a wide receiver? Matt James, okay. I believe. I think he was a wide receiver at Wake Forest. Big, big tall dude, good looking right, guy. Right. And, um, you know, already they've shown us how they keep the nutcase women. Yeah. You know, the, the one or two that are in there, you knew they should be voted off, but they're not because right. they want them to hang around to be the drama. But we have to have something to watch now that there's not Monday Night Football anymore. So I feel right. like this could fill the void. Um, but I do think he's too good for this show. I do. Yeah. And, and God help me. I can't <laughs> believe I'm going to do this, but my two favorites are MJ and Piper. Piper, okay, yeah, yeah. you mentioned that. Piper down! <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm mixing movies yes. now, that's my fault. So we'll see, we'll, we'll keep you posted on uh, if your your good ones stick around. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, onward. Yeah. All right, couple questions. Um, Grill Golics. People want to know, do you think the Browns are built for success over the long term, or do you think that... This is kind of like an 18-year No, no, no. I think they're in pretty good shape. And listen, I talked about it while I still had uh, a show because it was still in the offseason when they were building and through the draft. I thought what they did in free agency, uh, in drafting, um, and in trades, I thought they did an excellent job. This was going to be the year of, is Baker Mayfield going to be that guy? Now, is everybody sold on Baker Mayfield? More than not, let's put it that way, the arrow is more pointing up than down. I'm not still ding, 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 this guy is a monster franchise guy yet, but give him the credit where credit's due. Bottom line is they're about 30 mil under the cap, and they have a good team built right Right. now. So they have a solid coach now. Yeah, oh, absolutely do. Do you think the coach has made the difference? I think coach has made a huge difference, you know, a coach-quarterback relationship, but I think the acquisitions they got as well, because... You can't just have a great quarterback. It helps, right. but you got to have more around it. Right. You know, you have Miles Garrett, which is a phenomenal guy on defense. You shored up the O line. You brought in a tight end. Your defense, uh, you're, you're setting up as well. So I like the direction that they've gone. You know, in a division where Ben Roethlisberger is going to be gone soon, 
You know, so they're going to have a new quarterback there to try and lead that team. So they and have stars in the positions that I, you I, I do. going to be I, star power. I, I agree. You yeah. know, I, I think once Ben leaves, we'll see who they fill it with quarterback. Then you have Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, which is a really good team. Right. Who Lamar Jackson is still looking for his first playoff win. He's 0-2, so they haven't gotten over that hump. But I, I do like the direction that, that the Browns are going. Well, that's good news for yeah. Cleveland. Yeah, my hometown, man. Let me tell you, the way I grew up there, my God, right. it was tough. So, um, you know, everybody seems to have a consensus that um, uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first pick. Yes, he is. That Jacksonville is going to take him. Yes. So the million-dollar question right now is if you're Joe Doug- Douglas, who do you take with the number two pick? So that is – and That's I'm going to get into – the million-dollar question. I'm going to get into that in a bit because Todd McShay had his mock draft out, and I have all that upstairs. So when we're done with these questions, you can I grab all the sheets okay. to bring them down to yeah. me. Um, so I, I say this all the time. Now, Justin Fields, listen – Quite honestly, Todd McShay, spoiler alert, has Zach Wilson from BYU as the second quarterback going in the draft and not to the Jets. Okay. He does not have the Jets taking a quarterback. But that's going to become the question. Right. Should the Jets still take a quarterback if it's not going to be Trevor Lawrence? Because to me, there's Trevor Lawrence, there's a gap, and then there's the Justin Fields, Zach Wilsons uh, of the world, and and, and so on. And I'll, I'll get into those a little bit. Is it a question that, or an answer that can't be really answered until you see who the new head coach is? Like, is uh, oh, that sure. Gonna, that's going to play a big role. What you have to do is you have to get you know, between the GM, get a head coach, and you have to decide, is Sam Darnold going to be our guy? Or is our grade on the next quarterback, whether it's Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, is it better than Sam Darnold? Because, listen, you and I have said this, Sam Darnold, now there's two sides to it. Sam Darnold to us. Looks like Sam Darnold from USC. Right. There's he no has, surprises there. He has 40-some touchdowns and 30-some interceptions. Right. Okay? So, to me, that's what we saw in college. Flashes of greatness. But now, the difference, zero help. Right. Zero running game, zero receivers, need help on defense. They got rid of their best defensive player in Jamal Adams, and they traded him to Seattle. So, there's nothing around him. So, the thought will be, if we put more around him, do we think that we can build something? Do we think he's good enough to build something? Or do we think this is about where he's going to be because he has turned the ball over a lot? You have these rookie deals now where they don't damn you if you feel you want to move on. So if you, the next thing is going to be the evaluation of the next quarterback after Trevor Lawrence, and it's going to be, do we think that guy has more upside than Sam Darnold? If you do, that's exactly what you do then. You take a quarterback. If you think Sam still has that uh, and there's other things in it, cap, but like I said, I don't right. think a rookie quarterback deal hampers you all that much. We've already seen Kyler Murray turn that situation into a great situation when they took him after they took Josh Rosen uh, the year before. So that's what I think it comes down to. I personally think Sam Darnold is is good to above above average. I, I don't know if he's ever going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. I'm gonna. I don't think he will. Do you think that the Jets? It would behoove the Jets to get an offensive-minded head coach, or do you think the quarterback coach is I, I would say more? either way, you get an offensive-minded coach or unless you bring in a defensive coach who can tell the GM, I have this guy in mind for offense who I think can work well with the quarterback. Because either way, you're going to have a young quarterback. Right. Darnold's still young, or you're going to go completely right. young with a new guy. 
I don't mind a defensive guy right. as long as you hire the offensive guy that is going to be in charge of you, basically the defensive uh, a head coach who's defensive minded is got to say whoever he gets on offense the offense is yours right. and it has to be a guy that you think can develop a quarterback right. unless you want to empty the chamber out and trade for a Deshaun Watson if he is truly going to be available the reports are out there that Deshaun Watson wants to be traded I mean, here's a team that just blew up. And Bill O'Brien, he's won the division in Houston. He's gone. That team has made the playoff, hasn't been able to go anywhere. They trade DeAndre Hopkins away. So now that's the word. I have no idea if that's going to happen or not. But if Deshaun Watson wants to get traded does, for... Does Deshaun Watson want to get traded to the Jets? Well, if I the, mean, is that listen, better than being on the If Deshaun Watson wants to get traded, you only have so much pull. You can't say, I want to be traded, but I don't want to be traded there. Right. If you say you want to be traded, then the Houston Texans have an obligation to... If you're say you're going to trade him, you now have an obligation to make the best deal that you possibly can. And if that's with the Jets or a bad team, then so be it. Deshaun Watson, you know, unless he's going to say, I only want to be traded here, here, right. and here, well, get ready to just be on the Houston right. Texans end. I don't know. That might be be careful. What oh, no. I, I, listen, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. So, well, time will tell on that one. Wow. Okay. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, we got any food? You, food? Yeah. Food. Somebody asked, what is going to be your food, like, food of choice for the wild card weekend? Um... We don't really get a lot of wings in the house. We don't. Because you think I'll mess things up. No, that's not true. That's true. That is not true. That's true. That is not true. You love me when I make a mess. Uh-uh. I don't I don't know. I, you I haven't given it any thought. I, I really been, haven't. You know what? Since the new year, we've been trying to eat good. We have. And yeah. we, so far, like a few days in, we're doing okay. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's kind of it kind of hasn't been on our radar because we have tried to be good. Yeah, we have. We've I got one here good. from Tim that said... What was your pregame ritual? Okay. Food, music, do you still keep or use any of them today? Well, no, I don't. I mean, I'm not, I only did it when I played. Right. Um, <clears throat> for home games, I'll just do home games. Uh, home games, we had to stay in a hotel the night before. And, I, and I'll talk more. Well, I did for all the teams I was with. But I'll talk mostly the Eagles. Um, I had to. We stayed in the hotel the night before. And then in the morning after pregame breakfast, which I had, which was amazing. And, there was, and maybe they still do. I don't know what pregames have been forever. But they used to have, like, steak for us, like steak, eggs. That steak used to be one of the choices. Right. Until you realized it just sits in your gut. Yeah. It, seems it doesn't like do it shit for gut. you. So I, I did that early on, and then that, that it transformed into I would do, like, um, scrambled eggs and a baked potato. Okay. It's basically what my pregame meal would be, and that would be like at 7, 7.30 for a 1 o'clock game. If it was a later game, it would be a little later. And then we were allowed to leave the hotel, and I would go home and see you, and then eventually the kids. Right. You know, Mike and Jake were both born while we were still in Philly. Right. So I'd go home there until I would go to the stadium. Music I would listen to on the way to the stadium would be loud. Right. You know, loud in my, back then, Def Leppard. Right. You know, Motley Crue, that kind of loud and, and, and just kind of headbanging type right. thing. And I would make sure that I got there. You had to be there two hours before the game. So if we had a one o'clock game, you had to be there at 11. I made sure I stepped in the door at 11. I hated sitting around. Like a lot of the old linemen, they would go right from pregame breakfast, 730 and go right to the stadium. Right. I would literally walk in the locker room for a 1 o'clock game at 11, and the old linemen would have their wrists taped, their <laughs> fingers taped, their lowers on, their cleats on, spatted, 
And but I had more power to them. Right. I mean, cool. But I, I couldn't do it. I would be an old lineman. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. Well, we had one, and that yeah. was Mike. Mike yeah. would always go early as yeah. well. I, I think Jake was more like me and right. said, I'm going as close as I can. I was one of those. I had the playbook down pat before game day. I didn't feel comfortable unless I had done. So I was ready when I walked in the locker room. Right. So I wanted to get there as close to game time as I could. But I was before that. I would take you and we'd walk into the wives' lounge and there would be the tray of Donuts. I don't know where they, I don't know from. Where they came from, but you, there was always that one that you... The last the thing I ate one. before a home game was a cream-filled donut. You got that sugar spike. I did. Yeah. I did. But I don't yeah. know, two hours before, it was probably over by, by yeah. the time you went Do you think that's one of the reasons no Pro Bowls? <laughs> probably. Yeah. Probably. Did, didn't help, did it? No. Yeah. No. This is a question, and I don't know that you're going to have an answer for it. Why can't Kevin Stefanski coach from home? Like uh, I understand why they did it didn't do it right. during the regular season, but for for a game like this and with the technology we have, why won't they let him? I do honestly it from don't home? know the answer, but that question is coming up more and more in Twitter. Is why can't you just do that? Right? Why can't you just hook him up well, to do that? What's it going to hurt? Like he's. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to look for the loopholes well, that they're key. They right. Might think All of. I'm trying to think of is what advantage could he have That's if he was calling him at too. home? Could he be watching the game on TV? Could he see something on TV? Right. Would you need somebody there with him that made sure he wasn't watching TV? Right. That's, a, that's the only thing I can think of, and I'm sure they would think of, would there be an unfair advantage for him because he could have a TV or any other kind of communication that gives him more information or more time to do something? And I don't know the answer to that. Right. I feel like if you put him in a room at the facility and had somebody from the NFL kind of overseeing it, but I, I, it, it's such a disappointment that I, he's not going to be able to I do feel this. like they could do it too, but I feel, feel like they just want to keep it all the same and don't don't want to start right. something like that right. because I, I saw that on Twitter and I was racking my brain as well going, and that's the only thing I can think of is two things. They don't want to start that precedent right. Right. because there's probably something they're not even thinking, thinking of that could come that, up. That could, yeah. that could be an advantage. Right. I don't know that don't there know, is or not. Don't make it a COVID. We're doing it for this playoff yeah. season and it's yeah. only COVID related. Well, well, it was just like the, the college football playoffs. Right. You know, hey, expand it this year. It's such a wacky year. They said, no, we're doing the exact same thing. So maybe the NFL is just saying yeah. we're, we're keeping everything the, the same. It's the easiest way, but yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. very disappointing for that uh, Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, um, why did Michigan give Harbaugh an extension? Well, there was there was one of three ways they were going to go, and only two was their choice. And obviously, ultimately, it's Harbaugh's choice. But the one Harbaugh choice would have been if an NFL team came calling and he wanted to go. He has one more year left on his deal, so if he were fired or something, which I'll get into, it'd been a ten million dollar buyout. So, the one out would have been if. Ex-NFL team said, Jim, we want you, and he went. Right. Then Michigan's out clean. No, no, they have no payment, no nothing. They just look for another coach. The other, it, the other would be make him a lame duck coach. Just Which he has one great. more year on his deal. You can't, you, 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 can't. you, you can't do it. You, who you going to, who is going to, what five star is going to come to you, right. knowing your coach is on a last year deal and he may not be right. there. And what kids maybe would stay? Yeah, exactly. You know? So. So it was either so that wasn't an option. Right. It was if Harbaugh decided to go, would Michigan just say, "Hey, thanks for the memories. We're done," and fire him, pay him his ten million dollar buyout, and be done, and hire somebody else, or do what they did? 
give or what they're going to do is give them an extension. That way it shows recruits, hey, this guy's going to be here. The question's going to be, how much is that going to be worth? He's making $8 million, $8, $9 million a year. He hasn't gotten one Big Ten championship. He hasn't got one invite to the college football playoffs. So will they be able to use that and say, dude, we can't pay $8, $9 million anymore. Right. It's crazy. Right. You know, we got, we, got to, we got to cut that down. That I don't know. But those are the options well, that they have. Well, they if you get rid of Jim Harbaugh, who are you going to get? Who are you going to get? Right. Like, uh, is Michigan that attractive in a, of a program to people who didn't go to Michigan right now? Like, I know it's got all the, you know, Here, all the heritage. Here's but. what you lose out on is rarely in college do you see a school get its number one choice. They say, if, if he goes, we want this guy. And a lot of times you don't get that right. guy. Or sometimes the next guy. Right. Might be the third choice. Right. So are you better off? Right. Yeah. Now, it has been very surprising to me that they have not gotten a big-time quarterback. Me too. Um, a recruit. Right. I, I'm not going to lie. That has been very, very right. surprising to me. Maybe that's the only other thing that they would think about if they get a coach in. See, he doesn't really run the offense as you see where a lot of these quarterbacks are, are you know, Big time in the NFL. Right. He, he, he isn't running that as much or hasn't gotten a quarterback to run that system for him. So guys don't want to go there. They see what a Kyle Trask does at Florida. So they say, I want to go to Florida. What obviously what Trevor Lawrence has done at Clemson, what any Ohio State quarterback has done at Ohio State. Now, the only issue there is we haven't really seen an Ohio State quarterback go on to the NFL and be, and be big time, but they get drafted in the first round right. and they make a ton of money. Right. So you see the success somewhere else. So your four and mainly your five star recruits aren't going to say, why am I going to Michigan? Right. What, why, and, and, you know, unless you have a love for Michigan and want to be there, that's what these recruits look for now is where can I go play? What kind of system is it? And does that system, is it getting guys to the NFL? Cause that's what you're, that's what every, Recruit is looking at, but when you're talking about the upper echelon guys, that's what they really are. So they're seeing where the successful quarterbacks are in what systems, and they're getting drafted. Zach Wilson, where he's going to get drafted this year for BYU, is going to be a boom for for BYU, a boom for them as far as recruiting to get another quarterback. Well, my question, okay, Zach Wilson, I don't know that he was probably not a five star kid, right? Nope, Nope. So, so you'll say, look what the system, look what he developed into. So it's a couple things. Either the rating system is ridiculous, right. which we know which we it know can be a yeah. joke, right. or, and that's one thing before Harbaugh got there that was said about the previous coaching staff was that they got talent there and the talent wasn't developed. Right. So that's the key. How are you developing your talent uh, when you get there? Because a lot of people are going to say Nick Saban gets a lot of guys in the pros everywhere, every year. Well, he gets five-star recruits. Every year. But forgetting even that, Nick Saban is a great coach. Nick Saban loses coaches every year, replaces them, and continues to win. So a lot of that is the development of the player as well. I guess I'm just surprised about Harbaugh in the fact that, okay, maybe he's not getting the five-star, but you would think his eye and his quarterback savvy would be enough for him to look at a kid that he could maybe see would be developed into something. Because it seems like he's gotten a lot of transfers and stuff. He's just trying to... 
I, I don't I'm understand surprised. why he can't look at a quarterback in high school and say, "This kid, if I develop, I'm him, surprised." Be, yeah, this is one of the one of the most surprising things I've seen out of his time there. And is he uh, is that, that inflexible where he can't change his system to be uh, more attractive to and, kids? And that I don't know. Yeah. And I, I know their defense fell off with Don Brown, who is a great coach, but it fell off in the last couple of years, and he's gone. So they're going to bring in a new D coordinator. So the defense is going to change up, but. That offense, I'm sorry, you're just not going to get that big-time quarterback that says, yeah, I got to go there. Because that quarterback over the last five years, you know, or before Harbaugh has been there, and, and let's be honest, these recruits don't give a shit about 10 years ago. Right. They care about now, right. what's happening now at my position. Right. And, you know, if you're an old lineman, Michigan old linemen are going to the pros. Right. D linemen are going to the right. pros. So, But quarterbacks aren't. But, so, I mean, he just needs to strike gold once. I, I, he does. He does, and for them, they need to start being in contention as right, well. Right. But again, but I also say, like, if you don't have a great quarterback, you're not ever no, going to be in no, contention. No, you're not going to. And, and Ohio State right now is just above right, everybody right. in the in that. But conference. without a quarterback, you're never going to compete. Never going to be very, very tough. I, I completely agree. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. A um, couple of more on here. Toughest O-lineman you went up against. Um, toughest... Nastiest, the one I, I got in a lot of scraps was with Steve Wisniewski from the Raiders. I mean, just a, you know, he played the way you should, quite right. honestly. He was just a tough SOP. The, the best guys I ever played against, the two, were Anthony Munoz, uh, and I played against him twice a year when I was at the Oilers. Now, I was more inside, but there were times I'd go against him, and right. he's just unbelievable. And never said a word on the field. Never. Just blocked you. You just don't need to sometimes. No, I mean, <laughs> no. And then probably the most tech, one of the most technically sound guys I've played against was he was a center for the Miami Dolphins, Dwight Stevenson. I knew you were going to say that. Ungodly. Yeah. His hand play and feet were, he could dance with the best, he could box with the best. It was just. Is he in the Hall of Fame? Uh, I believe so. He had that unfortunate injury when he was with the Eagles right. on an interception right. that happened. He got blocked. And he ended up blowing a knee out and got nerve damage, right. and that was the end of him. But right. um, technically, almost the best town player I've ever seen, right. along with a guy like Mike Munchuk, right. who I played against when he was at Penn State, now I was at Notre Dame, right. and then we were teammates with the Oilers, and then I moved on and played uh, against him, but was so technically sound, one of, one of the best. Right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. You have any more? Um, I have more. Um, but who's your N- um, NFL MVP and why? Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Well, yeah. it's, it's, it, I mean, he has had himself for – and, again, the older quarterbacks are playing better now. But, I mean, it, he almost looks like it, it. you almost are doing him a good service by getting nobody for him and drafting a quarterback in the first right. round. Because right. he carries a chip on his shoulder. An ordinary Aaron Rodgers is the is best. a dangerous <laughs> Aaron Rodgers for everyone. Because he'll do well and then he'll just be so snarky about yep. it. But what are you going to say? Yep. I mean, he's a walk-in Hall of Famer. To me, when we start talking about quarterbacks, my top quarterbacks, he's right there. Right. Because of how athletic he is to get out of the pocket and how accurate he is. He is, without question, one of the all-time greats. No doubt about it. 
uh, who some people put as all-time greats, I would take Aaron Rodgers over them. He's that good. But he's had an even un- more unbelievable year than you think. Deshaun Watson had a phenomenal year that nobody will even know about. Right. Josh Allen had a great year, no doubt about it. And, right. and there's obviously Pat Mahomes. Um, but to me, it's Aaron Rodgers. I think he wins in a landslide. I don't even think it's close. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all for me. I've spent enough time with you, so uh, I will go up and get your Todd McShay stuff. Can you do that? I'll yeah. do a couple more questions while yeah. you do that, and then I'll get into some of the other sports. I appreciate that. I, I forgot yeah. all that. My, by the way, Hank and Harry, the pugs are down here at my feet like good boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, never mind. Harry's leaving. Um, David tweets in, Bengals fan here, if you're burrowed, you rush back to play. If you're the Bengals brass, you let him rush back to play. It's not a question of rushing back to play. It's a question of when are you ready to play? When you are ready to play, then you go play. There's there's no rushing back. As far as if you obviously if it goes into the season, you you don't say, well, he's close, so let's put him in. You wait till he's cleared by the doctors. After he's gone, and by that time he has gone through a ton of rehab. He has started moving on the practice field again, started practicing again. So it's not a not a question of. Rush, rushing back. He will not be rushed back, nor should he be rushed back. He will get back when it is time to get back. That's how it's going to work with him. And it's always interesting because I went through it when I had my, my, like he gets an ACL fix or different operations when I had my shoulder reconstructed one year. It's so odd because first you go through all the, the loneliness of a, in rehab where you're basically just by yourself. I'm going through rehab. Uh, though Joe's a, a you know first pick quarterback, so he'll have obviously a little more company than I had as a tenth rounder, that's for sure. But what's interesting is the physical to the mental. So the doctor will tell you at some point, as he tells most people that are injured, have a major surgery and come back, you're fine. You're back to 100%. You're healed. You can resume full activity. So there's that that you hear from the doctor. And then there is what I think can be the tougher part is the mental part of doing everything that you want to do on the field. And what I mean by that is letting yourself go, not thinking about your knee or your shoulder, thinking, can I do this? But getting back and getting past the mental point of saying, I'm just out here playing quarterback again or playing D-line again or whatever it is, and I'm just doing it without even thinking. That sometimes, now listen, Physical rehab is tough, but, you know, as, as an athlete, you're used to doing that at times, so you just do what you're supposed to do. Then the doctor says you're ready, and then when you have to go balls to the wall, when you have to go all out, when you have to fly out of that stance, when you have to make that cut, you know, when you have to use that body part that just got reconstructed, when are you mentally over it, over it to just do it? That's always one of the tougher parts uh, that, that I have... That, that I went through and that I've seen others go through uh, as well. Uh, one other before we move on, William asks, how were your bowl game visits? Any notable thoughts? Um, you know, I did two bowls. I did the Alamo Bowl, which is Colorado and Texas. Now, the interesting part of that was the fact that it was Tom Herman's last game, and we didn't know it because before that game, the reports were that Urban Meyer said he wasn't getting back into coaching. <laughs> cough, cough, because he may do it in Jacksonville. He just wasn't going to do it in Texas. And that supposedly Tom Herman was safe. We had no indication we were at that game that it was going the other way. And then we found out shortly after that he was relieved of his duty. So I guess that would be one thing that stood out as I I ended up doing Tom Herman's last game at Texas. 
Uh, an interesting there thing there will be, remember, everybody gets an extra year. This year basically didn't count. So everybody will get an extra year. What will a guy like Sam Ellinger do? He's a guy that started from his freshman year. He He's, he's only looking up basically at Colt McCoy in the Texas record books. But he's like the 10th or 12th ranked quarterback in this class coming into the draft, which basically means you may not get drafted or it's going to be 5th, 6th, 7th round. Do you think about going back and maybe trying to raise your your stock? Or maybe next year the quarterback class isn't as good, so you may get picked higher. Do you weigh that against the fact that you could go out and get hurt? Oh, by the way, like he did in the bowl game, he hurt his shoulder. So there are going to be some interesting decisions all around college on who comes back. The other game I did was um, the Fiesta Bowl with Oregon and, um, and uh, Iowa State. And Iowa State won that game basically going away. And, and they look really good. Matt Campbell is one of the great young coaches in the game. That class at Iowa State uh, in their four years is the greatest, winningest class there. They had nine players make first-team all-conference. They had four All-Americans. Brees Hall led the league in rushing. Matt Campbell's a great young coach. And I don't say this to bum out people at Iowa State, but he's going to get other schools calling for him. It's just a matter of comes down to, like anything else, what he's going to want to do. Uh, so the bowl games were definitely a lot of fun. I was happy. The biggest thing to me, I got to go to them. I called the games all year at ESPN. I actually got to go to San Antonio and then go to Arizona. So I was very, very happy to do that. Uh, all right, let's let's move on to uh, to some things going on on the court and on the field. A, a quick quick uh, talk on the uh, the NBA. Uh, not really much yet at this point because. It's only, what, eight, nine games old, and you're coming off of, you know, just ending in the, in the bubble in Orlando. So I don't think really a ton yet to look at. We'll have to kind of wait and see where things go. Things I'm keeping my eye on. Everybody, you know, the normal teams, everybody's keeping their eye on. I'm keeping an eye on the Pacers. Can Victor Oladipo stay healthy? You know, we knew we hurt his knee last year. Can he, can he stay healthy this year? And can that team do something if he's, if he's able to? You know, uh, is it going to be the, the Brooklyn Nets? You know, is it going to be the, you know, right now the Knicks have a winning record, you know, and the, uh, the, the I don't believe, and the Nets are, are like 500. So, uh, you know, are the Nets going to live up to what we think? And I, I really think, I like to think with Indiana, what's going to happen with them? You know, we'll see about Philly and about Miami and the whole deal and, and Boston certainly as well. But Orlando intrigues me and certainly Brooklyn with what they bring. And then over uh, in the West, we see obviously, you know, the Lakers are there, the Clippers are there. What will Golden State do? How will they improve? Um, you know, again, still not at full strength and not Clay Thompson out for the year again. I mean, how awful. You blow your knee out and then tear your uh, Achilles or, or your knee. I forgot what it was as Achilles or knee, but, but nonetheless, he's out again. The team to me is going to be, what's Phoenix going to do? Right now, they're sitting there tied with the Lakers. I believe it's 6-2 and two at the time I'm taping this, you know, with, uh, with Booker and with Paul and with Aiton. You know, how good can this team be? It's a team that is building. So that's kind of the team in the West. I'm looking to see what they may do. But the re- it's really too early to tell with just eight or nine games. Over to football on the college side. Let me start with first on the field and then off with the draft, then go to the NFL. On the field, we have a national championship game coming up. Uh, on Monday. So uh, was I surprised Alabama beat Notre Dame? No, um, I, I was not at all. 
Uh, was I surprised Ohio State not only beat Clemson but thumped them? Yes, I was a little surprised at that. So do nothing but tip your cap to Ohio State for that and what they did. Listen, Josh Fields, I know, was, was incredible, no doubt about it. Was he incredible with six touchdowns? But what Trey Sermon, the running back, has done for them in that game, I think it was 193 yards. In the Big Ten title game against Northwestern, 331 yards. He averaged in those two games over eight yards a carry. He was unbelievable. So the matchup in this, so what matchup am I looking at? One thing that Ohio State did so well, and the Clemson line or offensive line wasn't all that good, and Ohio State chewed them up. Their D-line chewed them up. So that's the matchup, not shockingly, as a former D-lineman I'm looking for. Because the Alabama O-line, they won the Joe Moore Award this year, which is for the top offensive line in the country. They are big, and they are good. And up against this Ohio State line, which is good as well, bringing pressure whether on the edges or up the middle, I am really looking forward to that matchup there. Because there's great players. Listen, these two teams, let me just say right now, in Todd McShay's mock draft, there are six Alabama players slated to go in the first round and four Ohio State players slated to go in the first round. So almost one-third of the first round is Alabama or Ohio State. Both these teams do not lack for stars. So that's never the question uh, at all. So, and we know there's always a great secondary or corners in Ohio State. We know that uh, uh, Alabama has great wide receiver, and Devontae Smith won the Heisman, deserved to win the Heisman. Jalen Waddell may come back from his ankle injury. We'll see. Two excellent quarterbacks in Mac Jones and Justin Fields. So, I'm really looking for. I'm picking Alabama. Um, I, I think they'll win the game, but Ohio State, no doubt. I don't think, so, like, oh my God, shocked everybody that they beat Clemson. But they thumped Clemson, thumped Clemson. So maybe that was a little bit more surprising than I thought. But I think it's the last I checked, it was about a seven-point spread. Um, so I would, uh, I would take Alabama. I don't know if I take the points because both teams can score uh, a lot of points. So I, I would look, unfortunately, uh, for a high-scoring affair. We have seen uh, Alabama give up some yards and some points. And I don't think there's any doubt they could put yards and points on Ohio State's defense. So I have a feeling this is going to be at least in the 30s or 40s game, which, again, as a former defensive player, I'm not uh, overly happy about. Uh, and then we go to – oh, and then and then so then the draft is coming up. And the only reason I, I bring that up is because Todd McShay uh, did his mock draft, his, his first mock draft, first of probably six of them. And not shockingly, Trevor Lawrence is first. So he had the first five picks. These are the first five picks uh, that he had. Uh, Jacksonville took Trevor Lawrence. The Jets took uh, Panay Sewell, the left tackle from Oregon, who opted out. He is one of the great left tackles uh, in the last years as far as a guy you're going to plug in on the left side and just let him play. But the interesting thing there is because Jacksonville's getting Trevor Lawrence, McShay is saying the Jets aren't going to go with the next quarterback available, that they're going to go on the offensive line. Number three at my, for the Dolphins, he has Devontae Smith going, a wide receiver, which certainly if two is going to be the quarterback there, he needs some weapons to throw to. And then for Atlanta, McShay's second quarterback goes, and it's not Justin Fields, it's Zach Wilson from BYU. That's probably going to be the biggest thing going on this offense is those two guys, who's going to be the second quarterback taken. Uh, and then at number five, he has Cincinnati taken Rashawn Slater, the offensive lineman from Northwestern. And 
you know, you look at Cincinnati, they basically, uh, Jonah Williams, have one solidified starter on that line of tackle, and that's Jonah Williams. So Slater probably will come and play inside a guard, maybe even play center. They need to start solidifying that offensive line uh, for Joe Burrow when he comes back. So that's the top five. In his mock draft, he has five quarterbacks going in the first round. Trevor Lawrence at one, Zach Wilson at four. At 15, Justin Fields to the New England Patriots. 19, Trey Lance from North Dakota State, who we didn't get to see do anything this year, going to Washington. And at 21, Mac Jones going to the Colts. So that's five quarterbacks in the first round. And we know a lot of times you reach for a quarterback. Um, and so if there are truly going to be five, I wouldn't be stunned if there's maybe a sixth that gets traded to it, depending on need at the top of the first round. We'll see. But right now, McShay has five quarterbacks going in the first round. And as I said, six from Alabama, four from Ohio State. Um, so that, that's, uh, that's as far as the draft is going on. And then as far as the games this weekend and what they look like as, as we, we look at, at wild card weekend. Different this year. They put an extra team in, so only the top seed uh, has gotten a bye. So we have six games, three on Saturday and three on Sunday. The Colts at Buffalo is the frog. Take them up on when they're going to be played, 1 o'clock on, on Saturday. Listen, um, Buffalo, I think, is just too good right now. Josh Allen's playing too good. Stephon Diggs playing too good. You know, for the Colts, they're they're a you know they're a two deep zone team. They like doing that. That's 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 they they have really good coverage linebackers. Really good coverage linebackers. Um, so they're gonna and they need that pressure up front uh, from a DeForest Buckner or Grover Grover Stewart. But I, I just think the Bills are going to be too much for them. Overall, they're a better team. Uh, and, and Josh Allen's had a monster year, as I mentioned. So is Diggs. So Phillip Rivers, unfortunately, if you're a Colt fan, you know there's going to be one or two where he's probably going to throw it to the other team and they're going to get a pick. So I like, uh, I like the, the Bills in this game to move on. Then you have the Rams and the Seahawks. So those are two teams that obviously played a couple times this year. They split this year. Um, so... Uh, and the Rams, is, is Jared Goff going to be playing? Uh, is it going to be John Wolford who's going to be playing? You know, time will tell. we got to kind of wait and see on how that one is going to go. Um, you have, obviously, uh, um, why am I, why am I, Aaron Donald on defense for you. And the defense for Seattle has really not been great. I mean, the two great players you have, Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner. Now, let's watch how they blitz. Jamal Adams, he can bring it. So can Bobby Wagner. So that, to me, is going to be an interesting thing, how they blitz. Because they're not a great defense, but if they can get big plays on those blitzes, they could be in good shape. And you have Russell Wilson. I mean, Russell Wilson just flat out makes things happen. I'm, I'm, going, to go, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. They're the three seed here. Los Angeles is the six seed. Uh, so it's going to be obviously it's going to be uh, in Seattle. I, I, I like Seattle uh, in this one. I, I just at the end of the day, if it's close, I'm just a guy that kind of leans toward a Russell Wilson, which uh, with with the way he can play. So that's the way I'm going to go on that one. Tampa Bay at Washington. I love the, the Chase Young talking about how he wants the goat and Tom Brady. The old be careful what you wish for, but hey, Chase Young can handle his business. Chase Young is going to get some pressure on Tom Brady because Tom Brady, the one thing that hasn't changed from Tom Brady from year one to now, you know exactly where he's going to be. 
five to seven steps back, and he ain't moving a whole lot. And if he gets the pressure, he's just going to go down and live to fight another day. And everybody says he'll do better if he runs more play action. We'll see. you got to have a decent run. you got to run the ball to have play action. You just can't come out of the gate and run play action if you can't establish some kind of run. It doesn't work that way. But if he is able to run play action, he is going to be in good shape. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I, I am looking forward to seeing what they do with Chase Young. Uh, really, that whole D-line, I think the D-line for Washington, they're building that like that D-line in San Francisco, getting guys that can rotate in, guys that you can put inside or outside uh, to get pressure. But I don't think there's any doubt I like um, like Tampa Bay uh, in this game. So Tampa Bay is going to beat Washington. And then you're going to get to the Sunday matchups. Baltimore at Tennessee could be the fastest game known to mankind, the way both teams will want to run the ball. So either that or Lamar Jackson throwing the ball uh, uh, to the tight ends because that's what he likes to do. And you know Derrick Henry will get over 20 carries in the game. And you know when he starts heating up in the second half, depending on the score, as long as they don't have to throw all the time, that's when he starts wearing a team down. This is, I, this is a, a, a matchup that is going to be bruising. This is a situation where Lamar Jackson at some point is going to have to Get over that playoff hump. And again, it's not just on him, but this is what we do at quarterbacks. He's 0-2. You look in weeks 13 through 17, the Raiders, Raiders put up, or, or the Ravens put up 267 rushing yards per game. You know Tennessee can run with Derrick Henry. So that's why I say this could be the fastest game known to mankind. Lamar still has to prove it. Uh, while Ryan Tannehill really didn't prove it by throwing a ton in last year's postseason, he threw just enough to win this game. This is a tough one to me. This is almost a pick 'em. I'm just going to lean toward Tennessee, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I could go either way easily on this one. Uh, then you have Chicago at New Orleans, the second game on Sunday. This was actually a close game during the regular season, November 1st. Uh, New Orleans beat Chicago 26-23 in overtime. New Orleans actually had five sacks in this game. Nick Foles was the quarterback. We know Trubisky is now. The, uh, I don't believe the Bears had any sacks against the Saints. Also, um, Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders did not play for the New Orleans Saints. So New Orleans Saints have gotten you know you know a little bit healthier since, but they they have certainly been beat up a little more this year. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know you hope Kamara, uh, Alvin Kamara can get uh, um, cleared to play. He was in the COVID list. Going to be real interesting with that. You know that uh, Chicago loves now to run the ball a little more with David Montgomery. You know they're going to pass the ball to Allen Robinson. You know that's the kind of guy. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting. It will be interesting who Drew, Drew Brees has to throw to, who's going to be available for this game, but I just think they're too good. I picked them in the beginning of the year to make it to the Super Bowl. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think they are going to get by this game. I go with the Saints. And then lastly, how about the Browns and the Steelers? Obviously, they split in the year. Early in the year, Pittsburgh smoked them 38-7 to at full strength. And then the last game of the season when Ben Roethlisberger sat and others did, uh, Pittsburgh lost 24-22 uh, to uh, to the Cleveland Browns, and that helped get the Browns, obviously, into the playoffs. So, I mean, what – man, I, I just – Baker Mayfield, I, I love what the Browns did in the offseason. I had talked about that, how they're building their team. 
But if Ben's playing, and I know Ben has said, well, whoever's starting out there, you know, Ben's going to play. The receivers have went through a time where they're dropping the ball. The running game hasn't been as good. The O-line hasn't been as good. But I just think they obviously have incredible playoff experience. And you just, the Browns and the city should be ecstatic. And nothing should take away the fact that you made the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. I have no idea how they respond to that. Do you play like, hey, we got here, everything else is gravy? Uh, or, or are you already playing with a veteran mentality of, hey, this isn't enough? And that's what they're going to say, this isn't enough, we want to win. But in reality, this franchise hasn't been there in 18 years. They don't know what it's like to play at this next level. And it does take on a different speed. So as long as Ben's playing and they're, and they're as healthy as can, uh, they can be, I do like the Steelers in this game uh, uh, to move on. So my picks are Buffalo, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, New Orleans, and Pittsburgh. We will see uh, what happens. And I'll leave you uh, with this. One of the cool things out there, this happens happened in the uh, in the NBA. The, uh, the, the Utah Jazz have a new owner, and what this new owner has done, I, I, I think, has been really, really cool. Uh, what he basically has said, and I'm just trying to quickly find out uh, uh, just, just a hair more about it, but I, I was looking at it, and I thought it was just, just fantastic. And so what he is going to do is, and his name is Ryan Smith, the new owner, and this is what's going to happen. He said, we are offering a four-year scholarship to an underrepresented underrepresented or minority kid to go to college on a four-year scholarship for every Jazz win this year. For every win. I mean, to me, that's incredible. I mean, to, to me, that is absolutely an, an incredible thing to do. And I, I just think that's really, really cool. I wanted to really mention that. Uh, because I'm already looking, they're four and four. So we're already four kids have a four-year scholarship. So let, let's see, you know, that's, that's a reason for me. I have no skin in the, in, the, in the race on who wins what, but I'm rooting for Utah. I'm rooting for Utah to win as many games as they can. So, uh, you know, kudos to the new owner. Uh, kudos to Ryan Smith, what he's doing there. I'll say it again. For every Jazz win, we are offering a four-year scholarship to an underrepresented uh, or minority kid who can now go to college. So tip of the cap to you, Ryan. Uh, I think that's a very cool thing. Everybody enjoy the playoffs. I know we got some crazy, uh, crazy shit going on in the world. I get it. I'm not talking about any of that. You don't want me to be talking about it. There's plenty of places for you to go uh, to, to, to cover your views on what, what you saw go on. But, man, it was some, some wild, wild stuff. I know I'm sure everybody was kind of glued uh, to the TV and, Thoughts out there, obviously, for the people who lost their lives. That's, that's out there. It's just just horrible uh, uh, what went on. Uh, but that's that's for all of you to decide how you want to look at it or go to whatever outlet you want uh, to hear about it um, or, or talk about it. Uh, I, I hope everybody enjoys their sports this weekend. Everybody enjoys each other this weekend. I hope we can treat each other well uh, going forward uh, as much as we possibly can. That's, that's all I say. And, and again, I'll let everybody know what my next stop is going to be. I would say anything permanent isn't again going to be till probably after the, uh, the, the Super Bowl is over. Before that, I'll be doing a few things here and there. I just enjoy talking and spouting. I went a little longer than I normally do, but man, I'm not going to lie. I miss it. I miss, uh, I miss talking sports. I miss talking to all of you about sports. 
Uh, that's one of the reasons I like to do this. I may start doing it even a couple times a week. That's why I like to talk to you and also let you guys ask your questions to me so we can just all sit in that bar and talk with one another and, and have a drink. Maybe someday we'll get back to be able to doing that again in person. Uh, until then, I'll talk to you all next week. Take care.